This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. One-timer coming, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perrix! Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it! He scores! And everything from the state of hockey. St. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. Welcome back to the Huskies Warming House podcast. It is episode number 55 again, Nick, instead of episode number 56. Uh, and that's for a couple of reasons that we're going to touch on here. Obviously, normally today on Sunday is when listeners would normally get episode number 56 and the regular centerized view news and notes portion of the show. We have something, hopefully, we just tested it tonight very painstakingly. As you can see, Nick is in his car at this particular point. I. Uh, Testing, uh, having a live show, hopefully uh, on Wednesday night, and we will release more details about that once we confirm that things are working. Having a live show where you, listeners can come in, ask questions, we'll answer them, and we'll have essentially the centerized view news and notes portion right before the NCAA Frozen Four gets underway the next day. So you won't want to miss it. We're excited for it, uh, and it's a new step for us here at the podcast. With that being said, we did sit sit down with Luke Jaycox and Nick Oliver, a defense a senior defenseman and of course the assistant coach for St. Cloud State and the men's team. Nick, uh, kind of an interesting interview with these guys, obviously two guys that are a little more laid back. Uh, what do we have to expect here uh, for this interview? Well, Luke, you know, he's a guy that I don't think for a lot of Huskies fans jumps off of the score sheet, but he's a guy that does a lot of little things that makes others around him get on the score sheet. And number two, Nick Oliver, he's a guy that has been here. He was part of the 2013 team that's got well, the only other Husky team that's made it this far. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, he's got experience as a player and now as a coach, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to get his viewpoint now from the other side of the equation. And I think a lot of Husky fans are going to want to listen in on this interview to, you know, see a guy that has been on, you know, like we said, the player side, now the coach's side uh, of both Huskies runs here deep into the frozen four. Yeah, we're certainly grateful for them to take time out of their busy schedule. Obviously, a very uh, hefty week coming up for them, but a very exciting one, and we won't keep you waiting. Episode number 55 of the Healthy Scratch interview segment. And joining us now for the Healthy Scratch interview segment, your Northeast Regional Champions and a couple of members that were on that special team. We're still looking to uh, essentially continue some much, uh, some much deserved success. So we have defenseman Luke Jaycox as well as assistant coach Nick Oliver. Boys, first of all, congratulations and thanks for joining us today. Very tight uh, schedule you guys are having right now. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's awesome to be here. Luke, I'm going to start with you because uh, you had quite, a, I should call it the championship game performance. You had a, you had a goal uh, there to, to get your boys up. Uh, early, and that's what the second period, I believe, uh, was when you scored your goal. Um, first of all, how did it feel to get on the board and in a big game such as that? Uh, how did it feel? 
Uh, yeah, it felt great. I've been trying to get one all year and, you know, uh, we kind of had a little joke. I had a joke going with Minkle before the game and, you know, that uh, he, he had a feeling that it was my time to get one and came at the perfect time. And Yeah, I'm really glad uh, you kind of save them all for the end. Your career high or season high, I should say, uh, is four, which was actually last year. So hopefully you got a couple more in the bag uh, for the last couple of the season here. Uh, can you kind of walk listeners through that play and uh, what you as a defenseman saw on that and kind of maybe a culmination of, uh, not only what you saw, but what you've been working on uh, in practice as far as the defensive core is concerned to be able to activate and score that goal. Yeah, it all started with our forwards, uh, Yami Oaks and Beater getting the puck in deep, and they made a, a cycle or two to, you know, try and work their defenseman a little bit. And I saw Oaks walking up the wall. And, you know, we work on uh, when the forward walks up the wall, the D are supposed to shift towards the middle and, and the other, uh, the weak side D can start moving down towards the net. And Oaks threw into the net and a rebound popped right to my stick and I was just lucky enough to get it by the goalie. Yeah, kind of a culmination of uh, the hard work on both sides of the puck that I think this defensive core has really worked on all year. Uh, moving over to you, Nick, uh, with the forwards and defensemen, uh, what can you say as a testament? Obviously, you guys aren't done yet, but the growth that you've seen uh, from the forwards and defensemen in this group and kind of how they've grown over this year that many experts picked you not only to even get out of the NCHC playoffs, let alone make a Frozen Four. Yeah, I think that uh, that last point you made is stuck with our guys for most of the year. And I think it's it's been a nice little motivator for them as well. But um, no, I, I think whether it's the offensive side of the puck with our forwards and D um, seeming to be in rhythm and, and connecting and some of that stuff, I, I think it's just one of many, many things that this group has just grown with this year. And I, I give a lot of credit to the extra practice time we, we had earlier in the year that normally you don't get. Um, normally you're starting middle to end of September and you got two weeks and then you're playing games, but we had almost two full months to, to be on the ice and, and it probably got long for the, for Luke and the boys at times, but, um, you know, it was just part of, part of the year and part of adjusting to it. And, um, I think I give our guys a ton of credit and Luke a ton of credit, the leadership of just, um, staying with that and, and using all that time and, and, um, and getting better and learning. And, and I think now at the end of the year, you're seeing a lot of those habits, um, start to be ingrained and hopefully, uh, that continues next week. I want to uh, go back to Luke and I kind of want to piggyback on this Noah too, because, uh, and, and Nick, I, I'm going to kind of follow it up with you as well, but you know, at, at this time of the year, it, it's not the more about the X's and O's, right. That makes teams successful. It's, you know, how can each team stick to their game plan and really just manage the ups and downs, the emotions, right. Uh, Luke, you, you guys came off, uh, you know, you want to call it maybe uh, not, the you know, the most fun of championship games against North Dakota, but you hung with them for most of that night. Uh, I, I think a lot of us, you know, the yachts are wondering how would this team respond uh, to where you essentially entered that third period having the lead before North Dakota really sort of turned it on. Uh, but you responded nice. You were down one goal against BC, able to claw your way back to a 62 victory. And then against BU, again, giving up the first goal, not seeming to get rattled. Then you end up uh, winning that regional again, four to one. I guess, what can you say about the resilience of this group, Luke, that, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like even if you get up the first goal, it just doesn't bother you. Yeah, you know, we, we worked on our structures. All he said, we had a lot of time to work on that. It, it just becomes natural. And, uh, you know, when we're, when we're playing to our game plan, we're just, you know, we use the, the saying dog on a bow and a lot. So, you know, that's, you know, getting the pucks in deep and getting right back on it, back on top of them. And that's when we're the most successful is, you know, when we're just, instead of thinking about what 
you know, the structure of the score or anything. We're just out there playing and, and it all comes naturally. So it's uh, the North Dakota game was a heartbreaker, but you know, this, the Colorado college game, Bluth and, and the North Dakota game, we've played some really good hockey. You know, it might not have ended how we wanted it to, but we were just able to carry it into the, you know, the first game against BU and, and we were really happy with, you know, what we were able to accomplish there and then focus our sights on BC and, you know, it, it all came natural and uh, we're very proud. I'm very proud of my teammates, how we came out, came out and were able to battle it. You know, now we're moving on to Pittsburgh. Uh, Nick and, and then to follow up on that, obviously, you know, very exciting times for both the team Husky Nation here again at the Huskies Warming House podcast. Uh, this is a, uh, I suppose, uh, the time of the year that Huskies faithful haven't seen in some time. Uh, you know, you know, some some teams that you actually are part of as a player, I suppose, because you've had that player perspective, uh, Nick. You know, so what do you think now since your transition from being a player to a coach? Uh, what do you think is the most important thing that you're going to preach to your squad as you head into next week, heading to Pittsburgh with, you could call it, you know, the glamour, you know, the spotlights and all that stuff. How are you going to keep your team focused and how are you going to continue to keep these guys motivated that yes, you've had some really good performances, but you're not quite done yet. You got a couple more to go. For sure. And, and I, uh, I think the guys will be motivated. I think they, they see what's out in front of us and obviously a great opportunity on Thursday against, uh, probably a top three team in the country all year, Mankato, uh, watching them play. So um, I think the guys will be motivated. But, um, you know, it, when we went through it uh, in 2013, uh, there was a there was obviously a ton of excitement to get there, and, and it was a great accomplishment. Um, and I think we were happy to be there. And, and there was so much buildup during the, that week and a half for the game. And then after 20 minutes, we were down three, nothing, and it was tough to climb out of. So it, it went quick on us. And uh, I think the biggest thing I learned from it is, is to enjoy it and, and take it all in because not many teams get a chance to do it. But in the same sense, there's, there's gotta be total focus, total buy-in, uh, total um, commitment to your preparation to get ready for the game because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's two great teams uh, facing off, and and we we expect a, a battle, and um, and it shouldn't disappoint. I don't think on next Thursday. So um, we just have to prepare and and keep our keep our sights uh, right where they're at. Yeah, and keeping that consistent mindset, Nick. There's one piece of St. Cloud State men's hockey equipment that I'm hoping is going to make the trip to Pittsburgh, and that is the Nick Oliver cutout. Uh, first of all, can you kind of describe to fans uh, what that cutout is all about and uh, how it kind of became a thing in the locker room with the boys? Cox, you would probably know better than I would, but um, <laughs> one of our first days in Omaha, I walked into the rink and he was just sitting there staring me in the eye, and I was really confused. Uh, quite alarmed actually at, at why, uh, why that was there and, and how the heck they got their hands on it. But um, I think that was uh, the work of uh, uh, Brian Domain, Jeremiah Minkle, Jake Franzik, our uh, strength coach. And I don't know if any of the boys were in on that one, Coxie, but um, it just kind of stuck. Like it's, it's like a lot of things this year, Coxie can attest to that, but we have probably a handful of pretty good inside jokes this year that, that have kind of stuck and really become a part of our team and our culture. Yeah, Luke, uh, maybe kind of to piggyback off of that, uh, you know, do you have any more information about the cutout? And uh, we try to keep it PG on this podcast, but are there a couple things? I know there's, um, you know, when we were playing in college, we used to have a thing. We used to have a hard hat and a lunchbox that we used to give to the guy who, you know, was the hardest working guy. Do you guys have things like that that are kind of consistent uh, motivators for you to kind of each be at your best each and every night? Uh, yeah, I'm not really sure where the, the Ollie 
cutout came from, but we also used to have uh, uh, an Aaron Rodgers one in a St. Cloud State jersey that would travel. I'm not sure if he is still around or if he's hanging on the wall at my house, but yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure where it came from, but I love seeing it in the stands. Um, but yeah, we have, uh, we actually have a Vikings helmet. It's like a plastic kind of just junky Vikings helmet. And, uh, you know, the games that we win, uh, the guy that had had it, you know, from the, the previous game, he'll do a little speech and give it to, you know, who, who he thought that, you know, was the most valuable player on our team that night and, you know, helped the team out, uh, you know, as much as they could. So that's kind of our, our one special hard hat that we do give out. Yeah, but unlike the Vikings, you guys know how to win in the playoffs this year. Um, <clears throat> so uh, moving kind of into a guy that was mentioned earlier, and that is Brian DeMaine. Uh, Luke, you were kind of uh, up close and personal with him throughout your collegiate career, and it uh, really kind of culminated actually after the season, uh, during the offseason last year, uh, kind of uh, a moment where playing in Duluth, actually the last game Nick and I called in person together, March 6th and 7th, you know, you could barely get over the boards. You know, sometimes it was hard for you to get up and walk at times. Uh, you underwent double hip surgery. Um, can you kind of take us through that build up to that surgery, kind of what you were going through? And then from there, uh, how that transition has been uh, to be able to get back on the ice this season and be so success so successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, that last season, it, it, you know, my hips have been since freshman year about, they've been getting worse and worse. And then last year it got to a point where, like you said, you know, getting up and walking around, getting out of bed in the morning started to get painful. And, you know, Brian did a great job last year of, of keeping me able to play. You know, there was a lot of hours on the training table with the gun or we have a, a kind of a warm tub with the massage yet and just, you know, a lot of work. And I have, I have to give Brian a huge thank you because, you know, I probably wouldn't be, uh, you know, where I am today without him, you know, after all the time I spent with him this summer. Uh, but yeah, we were able to, cause the season ended, uh, I was able to get my first surgery last March. And then uh, I did the other side a month later in April. And I spent the whole summer in, in St. Cloud here doing rehab with him. And then uh, Chad Ritter up at St. Cloud orthopedics and, and then training with our, our staff here too, you know, Jake Franzik, uh, Nate Wiley and, and then John Swanson um, and you know those guys prepared me for this season and, I, and I'll always be grateful for all the time and energy that they were able to put me to you know give me the success that I have had this year. Luke you bring up a good point because you know good teams you know you know you don't make it to this far without you know a, a, just a plethora of people that are behind the scenes uh, athletic trainers equipment staff uh, you know, student information directors, there's so many people that are behind the scenes that often will get the credit they deserve. And, you know, it, it's a testament to, or even, you know, just, it's not a small thing per se, but, you know, when you're just trying to, you know, play in night out, night and night out, sometimes, you know, just, you know, a little bit of the Theragun, you know, or maybe a little bit of time with uh, the, you know, the massager uh, can really do help. Uh, you know, speaking of it, you could say maybe it's a good transition to talk about, you know, uh, maybe some not so great news. And that was unfortunately senior Easton Brodzinski going down um, during a, a pretty clean check um, again in the championship game. Luke, when you guys saw it, when Brodzinski was down, first of all, what was your reaction about it? And uh, I guess, you know, we know what happens after that, but uh, how tough was it to see, uh, you know, one of your seniors go down the way that he did? Yeah, uh, me and Broads, we, we were roommates freshman year. So, you know, we've been best buddies, you know, the last four years he comes up and goes fishing with me. And 
unlike the woods in the summer and we go duck hunt when we got free time down here. So it was definitely tough, uh, you know, to see one of your brothers be hurt and, you know, go down and, you know, not be able to leave the ice on his, his own power. You know, he, he was able to get carried off, but you know, it, it kind of motivated us a little bit more because, you know, he is a part of the team and we want to be able to, you know, give him the win because we know that he would have loved to be there, you know, scoring goals and, you know, trying to, you know, shoot the puck from anywhere. Cause that's, that's the kind of guy he is. He just loves throwing the pucks at the net and he's, he's got a gift at it, but you know, I've been talking to him the last couple of days and he's doing real well. Uh, his spirits are high. Of course, he'd love to be able to play this, uh, this coming next weekend or when we're in Pittsburgh there, but uh, he, he'll be with us and, you know, we're, we're going to try to keep working for him. Yeah, I definitely want to touch on some Lake of the Woods stuff with you, Luke, in a little bit here. But uh, moving over to to Nick, uh, speaking a little bit more about Easton Brodzinski, because uh, you've got a chance, uh, like many of these players, to watch them grow and develop and continue not only as hockey players, but as men as well. I And we don't know, obviously, and this is something we'll touch on in the offseason, whether or not Easton decides to stay or decides to carve his own path uh, in the next step. But for this group and for his time at St. Cloud State thus far, Nick, what can you say about Easton and especially this year as a senior leader on this team, what he's meant and what he's still going to be able to give this group, even though he's not able to lace up the skates. Yeah. I, I, Easton's a big part of a lot of success here over the last four years and, and Easton and Luke's uh, senior class, one of the most successful classes that have come through and, and Easton, like I said, is a big part of that. Obviously his offensive production people look at, but, uh, what a lot of people haven't seen, um, just his, his growth and development, uh, in terms of, uh, how he shows up to the rink every day, his, his work habits, um, his commitment to rounding his game out, you know, away from the puck and guys see that and, and teammates gravitate towards that. And I think, um, in, in him and I had this talk, uh, probably at the end of last year, middle of last year at some point, and obviously going into this year, but, um, when your best players are your hardest workers and your teammates see that and they see your buy-in and, and your commitment to doing things <clears throat> the right way every day, um, it has a, a, an immense effect on, on the group. And, uh, I just think that's where Easton's gotten so, so good is, um, the guys see that he cares and he's, he's committed to making his own game better. Um, and he's a competitor. He wants to win. I think when we saw him on the ice, uh, not able to get up on his own power. Uh, we, we knew something was wrong. And um, like Luke said, we, I think as a group and, and the players, they, they wanted to get that one done for him. Yeah, Nick, sticking with you here and talking about the development process, it doesn't only involve players, it involves coaches and learning how to kind of adjust, uh, you know, with the different maturities that come in each year with a group. You had an interesting mix here where you have some guys who are very young, kind of that young raw talent, and then you brought in some older transfers that really helped solidify that veteran experience as well. I want to go back to a moment in Sunday's contest. Uh, actually, two of them, and we talked about it on the show. Uh, it's actually the net coming off its moorings, and then also, of course, Nolan Walker getting a penalty for just being a darn good hockey player on a, on a nice hockey play there. Uh, and we kind of had a good camera angle, the coaching staff, kind of calming the boys down a little bit and kind of helping them mentally readjust. And that's something that we mentioned you know, sometimes we haven't been able to see from some of these other St. Cloud State's teams where that adversity maybe was the turning point there. What has been the message from this coaching staff to kind of continue to just keep the train rolling, try to stay even keel? Um, you know, do you talk about that as coaches? And how do you kind of get that, 
it's not even almost buy-in, but just keeping the boys just kind of level-headed on the task in front of them? Yeah, well, I, good question. I, in all honesty, it starts with with the guys and, and Luke and the leadership group. Um, we, we have a saying that when, whenever we have captain's meetings, uh, the most important thing or, or team meetings, the most important thing is the meeting after the meeting. And it's when the coaches walk out of the room, um, what, what does the rest of the group say, right? Because they, they're going to listen to what we're saying. Some might nod their head and some might be half asleep, you know, if it's a morning practice, but, um, it's the meeting after the meeting where, where, um, that's really where you see what you have in terms of leadership and, and the quality of the people in the, in the locker room. But, um, no, I think our, our main messages lately have just been, it's, it's about us and, and it's about this group and the love and the commitment that these guys have for each other in this program. And that's all we've been focused on is, is can we live up to that every day? And, and these guys have been lately, like uh, practice every day is competitive. Uh, it's got spirit. The guys are, um, their preparation has been amazing. So um, for us, even in those moments of, of adversity in games, it, it comes back to that. It's about our group. It's about trusting what we built and what we're doing and, and where we're continuing to go. And, and, but again, that's, that's all the guys like we're um, as coaches, you, you try to send the right message always and, and have the right plan in place. But um, at the end of the day, especially this time of year, like we're opening the door and those guys are going out and playing and they're the ones that are out there getting it done. So uh, give those guys a ton of credit. Speaking of those guys, uh, Luke, I, I do want to ask you just, you know, a little bit more of that conversation that's happening on the bench, right? Uh, you know, you guys go down one nothing in both those games. Uh, you know, I think a true testament to uh, any hockey team is you just – when you, when you have adversity, but it doesn't seem to bother you. Um, you know, and that's obviously coming from an outsider's perspective. Uh, in both those games going down one nothing. you know, who was on the bench that's, you know, talking to each other like, you know, hey, guys, we're, we're good, or that was a bad balance, or I guess, you know, who's kind of leading the charge, or is it more of a group mentality? Is what's being communicated within the boys on the bench to really just keep things in focus and know that that was maybe just one shot and we're still in this hockey game? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a group. Uh, you know, a group effort of keeping everybody calm. There's, you know, there's times where, you know, a, a ref makes a bad call or, or there's a, you know, they make a, a non-call and, you know, there's a, there'll be a guy, usually it's me that's yelling across the ice or something and I'll have to get told, you know, settle down. It's okay. Yeah. And, you know, you listen to your teammates because it doesn't do any good to be yelling and, you know, it doesn't do any good to get flustered about either. So it's definitely uh, uh, all of us, you know, pulling the same way and, um we, we always go back to say the, the saying on the bench, you know, trust our structure. And our structure doesn't just mean X's and O's. It means everything we've talked about uh, with handling emotions and adversity and, you know, just having trust. A huge word for us is trust, trusting each other, trusting the structure, trusting what we do. And, you know, everything's going to work out just, just the way we want it to as long as, you know, we stay calm and, and never panic. That's a big saying for us, too, is never panic. Speaking of never panicking, staying calm and uh, waiting for the next opportunity, Luke, uh, we're waiting for uh, your next step, obviously, when you get done with your St. Cloud State hockey career, whenever that is. And there's a specific place uh, in between Warroad and Baudette uh, up on Lake of the Woods that you've been working for the past couple of years that might play a factor, hopefully, uh, maybe in your future uh, endeavors as well. Can you tell uh, listeners uh, what resort you work at and uh, maybe where you kind of want to end up full time as a manager uh, at some point in your life? Yeah, uh, I work up at Zippel Bay Resort. It's uh, just north of Williams, Minnesota. So yeah, right between uh, 
bought at and war out. And, you know, it's a great place. I've worked there. This would have been my fifth year. Uh, I didn't get up there very much because I was dealing with my, my hips and all the rehab and, and spending a lot of time down here doing that. But yeah, you know, the people that, that own it, they gave me a job five years ago, but they've known my dad for, for many years. Cause he's been doing the, the, he's got his own little fishing business up there too, but yeah, they gave me a job five years ago and you know, I, I'm, I'll be forever grateful for them. They've, uh, they've turned into kind of a grandparent figure for me and, you know, we're super close and, um, you know, they're, they're just such giving people and yeah, you know, I love the, I love the resort life. You know, it, uh, you meet new people every day. You get to hear a lot of good stories and, um, I'm just kind of a guy that likes going around and BSing with people. And I, I guess I'm pretty good at it. So, and let alone, I get to go fishing most days. So that's not bad either. Yeah. Well, maybe you can take Nick Oliver's spot as BS and everybody. I'm just kidding, Nick. But here's here's what I want to know is if Nick Oliver ever shows up at Zippel Bay Resort, like what's the thing to do? If he if he spends a priority pass, gets all day with Luke Jaycox, where where are you taking Nick in that day? Where's the spot to be? Wherever the fish are. Some days you got to find them. <laughs> Some days you just end up on top of them. But Ollie, he's a Roso boy. He knows like the woods, like the back of his hand too. So Maybe he could give me a few pointers if I can't get on him for him. Not just a hockey coach, but a fishing coach, huh, Nick? <laughs> not much of a coach, no. Not much <laughs> of a coach. I, I, uh, I'm like a. They always say with coaching, you're a better coach with better players, right? Like so, for me, I, I'd be a better fisherman if I had a good guide like Coxie. So um, <laughs> that's that's I'm riding his coattails. So the main question here, Nick, though, that you might have to have to change his mind. Uh, Luke Jacox, I believe, grew up a University of North Dakota fan. I um, first, Luke, how did that come about? Uh, I feel like maybe TJ Oshi might be involved in that one. I don't know. Uh, and second of all, have you turned into a Saint Cloud State Huskies fan at this point in your career? <laughs> uh, I'm definitely a full-blooded Husky fan now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know. Grand Forks, it's two and a half hours from Warroad. So, you know, you saw the culture there growing up in the old WCHA playing the golfers, not a big golfer fan, never was. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was a North Dakota fan back in the day and uh, you know, they were having success back then too. And, you know, that's, that's kind of the way it is up there is there's, you know, it's, it's our kind of our home team because it's the closest to us because Warroad ain't close to nothing, but uh, yeah. I, uh, I was a fan, but not anymore. I'm a Husky baby. Yeah. I love it. I also love the story about uh, you potting a goal pretty much in the crease against the university of North Dakota at Ralph Ingo. So that building gets pretty quiet when the visiting team, team scores. Gotta love that. Uh, Nick, I, I want to ask you a question actually about Mankato and not about their team themselves, but you actually got to kind of see the tail end of that old WCHA era. And right now you guys are the team that could put the last men's hockey team to ever exist in the WCHA in over 70 years out on the street and into the golf course. I, what would that moment kind of mean for you and this group to kind of continue to punch more tickets uh, this weekend against, uh, you know, someone who might've grown up watching Mankato and who was your team actually when you were growing up, Nick? Well, being a Roso guy, like, uh, like Coxie up North, um, I don't want to sit on the fence on this one, but I don't know that I had a team. Like I, I liked watching North Dakota. I watched Minnesota. I watched Duluth. I watched St. Cloud. Uh, I was a fan of the, the WCHA. So when I started going through the recruiting process, um, I probably, 
you know, I'm so thankful I ended up in St. Cloud, but I, I probably would have won anywhere in the WCHA. Like I just thought that so much of the league. Um, thankfully things worked out at St. Cloud and, and obviously it's a big part of, uh, where I am now. Um, but, uh, no, Mankato, like they're getting a feel for them. And, and like I mentioned earlier, they're I, I, watching a lot of college hockey this year. I think they're a top three or four team that, that we probably watched this year and seen. And, um, their MO is, is a lot similar to ours. Like they, they're, they're an older team. Uh, they're a bigger team. They, they want to play heavy. They want to wear you down. Um, they have a great goaltender. They have depth. Uh, they have depth with their scoring. Um, so we, we got to see them last year and, and we know that there's a lot of firepower on their group. And, um, so we'll prepare accordingly and we'll prepare for one heck of a battle next Thursday. But, um, you know, I think our focus right now is on us and, and preparing our game plan and, and how we want to come out and, and jump the gun on Thursday. And Nick, I want to follow up with that because, you know, with the way that college hockey was this year, you know, nobody played out of their own conference, which means you saw you know, a lot of the same teams quite a bit. I mean, you've already seen seen Duluth seven times. And yet here the last two contests, you never saw BC came over with a victory, never saw BU came over with a victory. And now you're trying to do the same thing now at the next level with Mankato. Uh, I guess, you know, as from a coaching perspective, when you're trying to prepare for these teams that, you know, you see maybe, um, with film and, you know, maybe catch them on TV here and there. Um, you know, there's a balance I would imagine, right? Because you want to make sure that you're giving yourself the best uh, chance to succeed, but you also want to make sure that you stay true to your identity as a hockey squad and what makes you successful. Uh, and Nick, how do you find that balancing act? And I guess what's the most important point from your coaching perspective as to how to uh, carry forth the best game plan into, uh, into next uh, Thursday? Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good question because obviously this year has been different uh, playing NCHC games only. Um, but no, you know what, as a, as a staff, it's kind of fun watching um, some other teams and some out of some other leagues. And, you know, last week I probably get to watch about half of hockey East play. So you get a feel for different teams and different styles of hockey. But um, yeah, ultimately it comes down to uh, how, how we want to play the game. And, and in all honesty, I don't know how much that changes game to game or opponent to opponent. Um, you know, in, in the NCHC year, you're, you're fighting big time battles every single night. And you look at the, you know, you mentioned Duluth seven times. Uh, you finished the year with uh, Duluth three, three out of our last five, North Dakota, CC. Um, so that's just kind of how we've we've had to build it up and how we've had to play um so yeah obviously there's there's different uh, tendencies with different teams that you'll see and and obviously giving our guys a feel for that and who their top players are and and probably the biggest thing is special teams but outside of that i think it's it's about how we want to play and um executing our game plan and just to follow up with that quick, Luke, uh, it was listening to Brett, uh, Brett Larson's press conference in the uh, NCAA Frozen Four here just a few days ago. And, you know, we, we compliment the NCHC as a conference in so many different ways, right? Uh, but I think one of the big things that he was very complimentary on was, you know, when you play in such a good conference, and I think, you know, we could all sit here very comfortably and say that it is the best conference in all of college hockey, no question about it. But because you're a playing it seems to be playoff type hockey every single game. Uh, Luke, do you feel like that just kind of gives you guys a little bit extra ease knowing that you've, you've been playing these tough battles, you know, all year already and that you feel mentally prepared and you you're prepared physically. Does it, does that ever cross your mind at all, Luke? Uh, yeah. You know, we, we play a lot of good teams, like you said, in our conference, but you know, there's a lot of other good teams in other conferences too. So, you know, we just focus on ourselves and, 
what we have to do pre- to be prepared to play, you know, anybody, whether it's BC, BU, Mankato, whoever it might be, you know, our coaching staff does a great job spending countless hours doing video and, and research in this teams to, you know, best prepare us for, you know, what, what would be the best four check neutral zone, you know, how, how could we play, maybe change our structure up a little bit uh, to benefit us the most. And, you know, we're, like I said, it doesn't matter who we play. We're just going to believe in, you know, our structure and in each other because that's what it comes down to the most is if the if you got trust in the guy next to you that he's going to pull his weight, then you better be pulling your weight too. Yeah, we're recording this show actually on April uh, Fool's Day, April 1st here. Um, and I almost decided of thinking about bringing a picture of Luke Jacock's historical photos because he had the spiky hair freshman year and the lettuce has been getting longer and longer as we've gone. But uh, Luke, you spent three years uh, with World High School and then moved three years in the USHL in Lincoln before coming to St. Cloud State. Uh, but I want to kind of talk about off the ice here. And the reason I mentioned our showtime and recording is you have one more weekend before you get ready for the biggest week of battle of your lives. Right. Um, but I kind of want to talk about your living situation. I want to talk about what are you going to do in your downtime? You know, who do you live with? Uh, what are some things you kind of like to do when you're hanging out? And while Luke, while you're answering that question, I want to ask Nick Oliver to start thinking about if he can remember who he lived with through the majority of his time and what his living situation was like going back to 2013. So Luke, what do you like to do in your downtime and who are you living with? Uh, this year I'm living with uh, our sophomore guys. So upstairs we live in a duplex type deal. So there's six bedrooms and four bathrooms. It's, it's a real nice place. Um, and yeah, I live with Chase Brand and Thomas Rocco upstairs. And then downstairs it's Joey Lamoureux, Kyler Kupka and, and Zach Okabe. And, you know, living with those guys, there's never a dull moment. You know, they're, they're kind of younger guys, and they bring, a little, they, they bring pretty good spirit to the house. You can always hear them yelling or arguing about something. Or, you know, we got a basketball hoop on the wall downstairs. So that's always a constant oh noise, too. So, but, yeah, and then in the downtime, you know, we kind of all, you know, our generation, we all got Xboxes or whatever. So that's something that we do, too. But now that the weather now that the weather's getting nice again and um you know last fall we had a lot of downtime with the whole covid stuff and there was you know times where we couldn't come to the rink so we do uh you know we go down to a soccer field and play soccer but we also pretty much half the team all got golf memberships so we were golfing you know 18 to 36 holes four or five days a week so that's just something we do too but like i said earlier there's a couple guys that i do uh some hunting stuff with you know me and brodzinski Zemer, Henches, and Spencer Meyer. We we had a lot of time this fall to do duck hunting and some goose hunting. So, you know that's always fun. And then uh, in the winter time here, we me, Broads, and Brady, and then we'll bring a couple other guys out ice fishing with us too. We're kind of some some blue collar guys that like you know spending time in the outdoors. And yeah, so anything that we can do to you know kill a little, little bit of time after leaving the rink because uh, you know we have morning practice from nine till about noon and then you're usually here till you know one or two in the afternoon so after that you kind of got the day so you just try and find some stuff to keep you busy and you know there's a good handful of us that like spending our time outside yeah fishing and hunting sounds a little prototypical northern minnesotan if you ask me i i kind of wanted to ask about another guy too and i don't know if you've been to his place uh is the word true that seamus donahue has kind of a penthouse style apartment a pretty nice place or something like that i remember reading something and I just wanted to kind of know why, what, is there something that makes his living situation a little bit different from the rest of the boys or what? Yeah. So our other house, it's a, it's a 10 man house. So it's uh, the bottom floor is four bedroom, 
two bathroom and then up in a kitchen, living room, like a whole house or whatever. And then upstairs is the exact same. And then the third floor, uh, it's two bedrooms and a bathroom. And it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of just, you know, sloping ceilings like this. So you gotta, I actually lived up there with Jacob Benson my sophomore year. So I kind of had to walk around like this or else you whack your head on the ceiling a few times. If you're walking through the hallway in the dark, you're definitely going to hit your head on something, but no, it's a pretty cool place to live. Uh, You know, up above all the boys, you look out the window, you got a pretty good view of, you know, St. Cloud and what's going on down at the street. But yeah, it's, it's kind of cool up there. Yeah. Luke Jaycock, six foot three, 205. I can definitely imagine that you'd be hitting your head. Also Jacob Benson, a guy that I actually played, uh, it was in my age group from North Dakota. So that's a name I know very, very well, but kicking it back a couple more years in the time clock, Nick Oliver, uh, what was your living situation like? Were there a couple of guys that were consistent roommates? And uh, uh, do you remember any kind of the shenanigans that are somewhat PG appropriate that you guys used to be up to in your downtime? Yeah, we, uh, I had the same, same roommates for three years. Uh, so I roomed with, uh, Ryan Farragher in the dorms, my freshman year, and then, uh, sophomore through senior year, it was myself, Brooks Birch, Andrew Prochno, and David Morley. So we actually lived right across the street from the rink and connected to us on the other side was, uh, Nick Dowd, Nick Jensen, Kevin Gravel, and Joe Philippi. Um, so we always joked like after the fact, obviously you look back and, three of the four guys on that side of the fence made uh, played in the NHL and we didn't quite get the same genes over on our side of the duplex. Um, but no, I like, honestly, great. Uh, and Cox, he's living it now. And, and when he's done, he'll, he'll know what I'm talking about, but like um, awesome times, like still in touch with all those guys. Um, it's kind of fun now being on the coaching side with, with how excited the group that I lived with and that I played with are for our current team. Um, I'm in a group text with those guys and, and they're all watching the games and fired up. So um, yeah, it was, uh, it was fun though. No, we had, we, we didn't quite decide to cut a hole out in the wall to connect our places. You had to walk downstairs and go outside. So we decided that we might get in a little too much trouble doing that, but um, no, it was a perfect setup. Love it. Luke, uh, I asked this question of everybody on the show that comes on because I want to test your memory skills since we tested Nick's here. I Obviously, your fourth year as a St. Cloud State Husky, do you remember who your first assist, a.k.a. first point as a St. Cloud State Husky, do you remember who it came against? Uh, my first assist, I know my first goal was against Colorado College. Yep, November 18th, 2017. That's correct. Was there one before then? No, for, well, first assist, not a first goal, but first assist, uh, October 14th of 2017. I don't know if that'll ring a bell for you at all. No, no, no I, just, I don't have that good a memory. He's just too good. He's just potting points left and right boys. Uh, first assist against Alaska. So I just wanted to kind of see if we can jog your memory a little bit. I won't even na- ask Nick Oliver if you remember what, who his first point was against, because one, I don't have it in front of me, but two, I don't know if he'll remember. Not that it, Oh, well, all right. <laughs> Do you remember the play? Do you remember what happened? Uh, I was driving to the net, puck went to the point, and I don't even think I saw the shot coming, and it somehow hit my stick or my my uh, shin pad <laughs> and went in. So I got, I got the puck still. That's the only reason I remember. You know, it's actually great that you mentioned that. It actually transitions well into my next question here. And, boys, only a couple more for you. So, thanks once again, thanks for joining us. Uh, we talked, uh, Nick and I did, on our show uh, this previous Monday. 
And I made a point actually talking about how this group has a little bit different mentality from the groups of past years. And when I say this, I want to be careful because I don't want to offend the other groups, but in some ways I want to highlight this. And I mentioned that if more than one goal is scored against Mankato on Thursday, this will be the most successful group in St. Cloud State history. And Nick asked me what I meant by that. And what I meant by that, I had said that I don't know if this is the most group skilled group that we've ever seen through come through St. Cloud State, but the mentality is just a little bit different. And one of the things I want to point out about that is it seemed like every goal this past weekend, it wasn't this skill-based, high-flying, you know, off-the-rush, tic-tac-toe type of play. Every goal was this gritty second-chance opportunity. You know, you look at Will Hammer's goal, you know, getting the fourth rebound, laying in front of the crease. Nolan Walker with the attributes to, you know, go to the net there. Luke Jacox's goal off of a rebound, right, that's created by hard work down low from the forwards. Nick, I want to start with you. Is there something, and not to hype it up too much, but is there something about this group compared to years past that whatever it is with the team bond, whatever it is with the grittiness, is there something about this group that just seems to kind of be that extra level as far as just the ability and the willingness to go to every area of the ice and just compete harder and harder each night? Yeah, I think um, I think that's the one thing that's really developed with our group. And I think St. Cloud's always been known as a skill rush based uh, transition based team. And I think our guys know that we still have that, um, that, that trick in our bag as well um, with, with some of our speed and our skill that we have and in the depth with that. But um, I, I think, and again, I go back to some of the hard games we played in our league and, and teams defend so well and teams defend so well this time of year that uh, I think it was a really um, a collective buy-in to, to say, you know, these are the areas that we need to go um, to try to score goals in the playoffs and in the NCAA tournament. And, and it, whether it's the forwards or the defensemen, I think coxie has been leading the charge with uh, getting to the paint for a couple of years now, um, <laughs> finishing some plays off, but um, no, I, I think it, it goes hand in hand a little bit with, I think, how our group's been playing the last month and um, kind of whatever it takes. And a lot of times, like you mentioned it, um, I don't know that we've scored that many ugly goals in, in one weekend before um, before last weekend. Um, but it, it's it's part of, uh, like you said, it's part of playoff hockey and late season hockey. The defending's so good. The, the ice is tight and you have to be willing to, to try to get those second and third opportunities. Yeah, we saw that kind of come together for the defensive core, Luke. And I want to kind of talk about your D core specifically and the guy guys behind you, specifically David Rennick. David Rennick was a guy who has really had a good month of March and really kind of started to grow as the season has gone along, uh, as well as the defensive core as well. Has there been kind of, uh, you know, a message to the defensive core about some, you know, some areas of growth that you guys felt that you finally kind of broken through this past weekend. And also uh, what's it like playing in front of David Rennick? Uh, is he as happy as he is off the ice when he's standing, holding a puck in his hand after making a big save? Uh, yeah. You know, we, we got a big defense core with, you know, we, we all got long sticks. So uh, I think the main focus for us was being able to use that the right way and being able to use our big bodies to, you know, uh, glue guys on the wall and, and box them out when they're trying to get to our net. And I think that was uh, a main focus for us, you know, coming into this year. Um, you know, uh, we got Dave Shyak as a new uh, uh, assistant coach back there. And, you know, he, we loved Gibby and we loved everything he had. And, you know, Shyak just kind of piggyback off him and he brought some new things and some new things that he saw that we could work on as, as, you know, a defensive core. 
And, you know, we all bought into it. And uh, as you can tell that, you know, we've, we've been successful because we're all open-minded and we all believe that what he's telling us is, is best for, you know, ourselves and the team. And going back to David, yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's a character. He's a great guy. He, it's, it, you don't really ever see him, uh, you know, uh, as serious as he is on the ice, you know, off the ice, he's the happy, laughy guy, but you know, when he's on the ice, when he's locked in, you can tell. And then that big smile comes back after the, the, third period buzzer goes and you know the Huskies get a big W so you know he's been playing some really great hockey and you know we're excited to see you know him keep uh standing standing on his head back there for us and, and making the big saves when when we do have a breakdown because it, you know as much as we work on you know all the systems and and all the you know um techniques back there you know there's it's it's a game of hockey and there's going to be breakdowns and you know, it gives us uh, the trust and the faith that David's back there and, and he's going to be able to make the stop for us. Guys, I got one more question for each of you. Again, thanks for joining us. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. Um, it's obviously every, you know, it's the goal for every team in the offseason to get to this point in the season. Um, it, it's, you know, it's something you prepare for. It's something that, you you know, emotionally, you know, it's one thing where, you know, you think about what it might mean or what it might feel like when you get here. Well, here you are, right? You're a couple of days from heading out to, to the East Coast, to the PPG Paints Arena to uh, potentially bring bring some hardware home that nobody else has done in Huskies history. But I guess as a coach, how do, how do you keep away the distractions? How do, how do you, you know, how do you just focus on, you know, the task at hand and not allow the moment to get to be much bigger than what it is? And, and then, Luke, I'll ask you a secondary question once I hear from Nick here. It's uh, yeah, I, I think there's always a lot more uh, there's a lot more fanfare and a lot more um, outside stuff that comes along when you when you make the frozen four. Right. Um, you know, your family getting them tickets. Uh, they're all going out to watch you play uh, different media obligations throughout the week. Um, so I, I think the best thing is to get that stuff out of the way early. Um, but in all honesty, my favorite part of today with, with all the video stuff and all the other things going on was we got on the ice for 50 minutes and Coxie was snapping some pucks around and our forwards are out there, uh, for checking some of our defensemen today. Um, and we got better and that's, uh, I think that's what you have to, you have to enjoy the, 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 the work that goes into it. And, um, you don't have many skates left to, to get this thing tidied up and put a bow on it and be ready to go Thursday. So uh, I think that's the, the thing I'm, I think when I went through it as a player, I, it goes quick. And so I think now I'm, I'm just trying to enjoy that, that day to day and enjoy being around the guys and enjoy that preparation. And, um, because it is still a hockey game and, and it's going to be a good one. Um, and we're excited. We're ready to go. And, and I think the boys are ready. And then look to finish off here for you. Um, we talked about it before we started recording, just the moment on the bench when Mike and Miller's empty netter went in, when the bench essentially erupted, you knew that you had just punched your ticket to get this opportunity, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, it isn't over, right? You know, it's it's good to celebrate. You know, you have your five minutes of fun, but then to try to recapture yourself and feel good. Uh, I guess, how are you approaching this next week? And uh, uh, first of all, obviously you're going to be excited, no question about it. Uh, but I guess, you know, 
from your perspective, how you trying to, uh, I guess, look past the fanfare, the media, the fact that you're traveling uh, with all the national attention on you, how you're just trying to focus on going out there, playing 60 minute hockey game and trying to just get yourself to the next one. Yeah. You know, when, when Mike put that empty netter in, it was kind of a, you know, a, a little sigh of relief for a couple minutes there, you know, we were able to celebrate and, you know, we'd finally, because I, you know, the teams I've been on here at St. Cloud State, we've had some heartbreaks in the regionals. And when we went into this year, you know, not looking at the past, but looking at what we have to do there and then. And, you know, we were able to get the job done. Um, but, yeah, you know, this week going into it, you know, you, you, there's always, you know, the the talk or the thought of, you know, you're, you know, it's, it's how big the games are and stuff like that. But, you know, we do – we come to the rink every day and we put the work in and, you know, when you're out on the ice, you're not focused on any of that. You're just focused on what you need to do out there and what is going to make the team better and what's going to prepare us for, for when we do get out to Pittsburgh. And, you know, we're all excited, you know, it's, it's been a, a different year. That's for sure. We haven't, you know, we haven't really done, you know, what the normal, normal college guys do, you know, throughout the season, we've kind of just been, you know, we've been very um, determined on staying healthy, staying COVID clear, you know, all that. And to make all the sacrifices that we have this year, going into the, you know, making it all the way to the frozen four, it's, it's you know, a special feeling that, you know, you're getting, um, you know, the accomplishment feeling after all the sacrifices. So we're just going in here, you know, with our, our nose to the grindstone and we're ready to put the work in and, you know, hopefully, you know, we can come out on top. Yeah, thanks for joining us, boys. Final question for me for each year. Nick, I want to start with you. Uh, obviously, like you mentioned, you've been there as a player, first time as a coach. Uh, you've got Dave Shyak on your bench, who's had the experience, albeit uh, way earlier in the decades, if you will. And Brett Larson has been there very recently uh, in history. How much do uh, uh, you, you three lean on each other and really work on that kind of experience to really prepare this group? And uh, above all, you know, just to kind of recapture, I know you've talked about the boys and how the team is excited, but for you personally, uh, how excited are you to go back to a frozen form for the first time since 2013? And how excited are you that it's once again in Pittsburgh? Uh, Coach Shayak, 30 years ago, national champion at Northern Michigan, <laughs> yep. 30 on the nose. He, he told me, uh, he told me that on the flight home from, uh, from Albany, he reached over and said, Ollie, 30 years ago, I wanted as a player. He goes, I want to get another one now as a coach. So um, that's our goal, but no, obviously um, uh, Coach Shayak's been around it a long time. Coach Larson uh, has had a ton of success in this tournament uh, and he's won it a couple of times. Um, so for sure it, it's, it's, great to, to hear their perspective. And I, I think that's the, probably the, the thing I enjoy uh, most about our, our coaching staff is, is how much uh, fun we have together at the rink and how, how well we get along and, and collaborating and, and communicating. Um, so all that's good, but um, no, yeah, like for me personally, like I, I'm excited to, to get our guys uh, ready to play as best I can. And, and in all honesty, I mean, then I'm excited to watch, like I'm, I'm excited to watch our guys go out there and play. And, and that's, that's where I get my satisfaction. And, and this year, like Luke mentioned it, these guys have, they, they've sacrificed so much all year and it, it's fun to now be able to see the, those guys go out and compete and play for each other uh, and, and have fun doing it and, and chase those, those dreams, right. And chase that championship. So, um, I'm excited to work here for the next week and then kick my feet up and, and watch the guys go out and play. 
Yeah. Before I kick it off to Mr. Max and Luke, my final question for you, uh, listening to Nick Oliver talk about that and the three guys that are on your coaching staff that they've been there, done that, right? Uh, you know, four years ago, I'm sure, obviously, like many players, you were excited to just pull on that St. Cloud jersey. And after four years of hard work, some heartache, some ups and downs, you have an opportunity here, uh, you know, for not only the boys in the room, but that coaching staff that, you know, hopefully you run through a wall for, you know, what does this moment mean for you to continue to try to keep the train rolling? And ultimately, you know, if you had to say to St. Cloud State Huskies fans, you know, what does it mean to all the boys in the locker room? Yeah, you know, we're, we're fired up and, you know, our, our coaching staff is, it, we think, you know, they're the best in the nation. They care about us as hockey players, but, you know, over hockey, they care about us as people. And they're always asking us, you know, how you doing? You know, what's going on? Anything like that. If they, they can tell, you know, they can tell by your practice if anything is bothering you off the ice. You know, you're not practicing, right? They'll come up and, you know, see how you're doing as a person. And, you know, they put their faith in us and they put their trust in us. And we have trust in them 100% you know, of their structure and, you know, just uh, everything that they bring and offer to us, uh, you know, knowledge wise and, you know, um, having a coaching staff that close to their players, it really, you know, it really makes the losses, you know, throughout the season, it, it makes the losses hurt, you know, losing uh, some games in the pot or, or, you know, throughout the season like that, you know, you feel like you kind of let your team down, but you also kind of let your coaches down when the whole team isn't playing up to their potential. So, you know, but the, the mood in the locker room right now going into Pittsburgh is, you know, we're fired up. This has been, uh, you know, a pretty unreal season with, you know, going down to the pod in, in uh, Omaha for a month and then, you know, just playing, you know, all conference games this year was kind of different. So, you know, we uh, it's been a different kind of year, but, you know, we're we've been working this hard for for months now. So we're excited to, you know, get out to Pittsburgh and, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to, to playing that first game there against Mankato, and that's what we're focused on. Well, boys, uh, you know, before we, we tag it out, uh, I know I don't normally do this kind of thing, but uh, I think the it's appropriate for the situation that we're in. Uh, you know, for those who are in the Twin Cities area, they, you know, you listen to KFN and before Sunday morning Vikings game, I had the opportunity to, to talk with this gentleman once, and it, his name is Greg Coleman, and he has a little segment he does what's called Sunday morning sermons. And effectively what we want to do here at the Huskies Warmer House podcast is leave you with a couple of thoughts here before you head out uh, to Pittsburgh. First of all, uh, what a treat it has been to cover and watch you guys this year. Um, I think, you know, from, I suppose, even back in, in the summertime, you know, not knowing, you know, if you would have a season and if we did, what it was going to look like, how many games we're going to play. And then uh, credit to Josh Fenton and the entire crew of the NCHC conference for putting on the pod and uh, only missing two games out of the entire conference schedule. Uh, you guys have a really good run in, in the, the, you know, the frozen faceoff, and then you come out, you have two really good showings there against BC and BU, but I'll tell you what, here, you know, myself and I was a broadcaster, as a, as a Husky student, as a fan, I can speak for a lot of guys out there here in Minnesota, as well as around the St. Cloud area, man, we're pulling for you. We believe in you. And uh, we truly feel like you guys have a, a chance to do something special. Um, we're behind you. Good luck. Um, and pardon the French, but go kick some ass. Um, we do really think you guys have a chance to bring home some hardware. And uh, just remember this, no matter what happens, you've done us proud. You've made us all, you know, just really, really happy to watch this team because nothing to hang your head on. But go ahead. You guys are not done yet. Go out there and take it, man. This is your time. Go out there and do it. Yeah, I definitely I definitely would add on to that. Uh, you know, like, like Luke, you mentioned, and like Nick, you guys have mentioned, I mean, you guys are hockey guys, you know it. And obviously we try to be a little bit professional on this show, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, 
when we've gotten to cover this group and seeing how you boys will lay down, you know, for the guy next year and, you know, what you guys have done for your coaching staff and just the camaraderie in that locker room, I think for Nick and I, we can both speak that you guys even offer us a little, little, little sliver and a little window into what that environment is like. You know, I can only imagine what it's like to be you guys and have this opportunity. Uh, and I just want you guys to enjoy it, have some fun, like Nick mentioned, kick some ass and, uh, Hey, if you bring a little hardware home, it's not, not the worst thing in the world either. So uh, um, Nick Oliver and Luke Jaycox, boys, you got anything else to add uh, for us here? Uh, once again, uh, we thank you for having, uh, uh, for taking the time out of your guys' busy schedule and a uh, pretty exciting week here for uh, St. Cloud State Hockey. Uh, no, you know, we, uh, the herb might've been empty this year, but we knew the city of St. Cloud was behind us. You know, it was a different year, not played in front of fans. And, you know, we appreciate your guys' support. Like I said, they might have been quiet in the rink during some games, but we knew that we had, uh, you know, fans and, and beauties like yourself cheering for us, and, you know, we appreciate it. I love it. Got to love it when you get called a beauty, right, Nick? Nick, I think that will do it uh, for episode number 55 of the Healthy Scratch Interview segment. Once again, Luke Jaycox and Nick Oliver, uh, a couple beauties themselves, looking good as always and look ready to kick some ass here coming up in Pittsburgh in the Frozen Four. Once again, thank you to Luke Jaycox and Nick Oliver for taking their time. We wish them the best of luck, obviously, in this upcoming week, a big week here for St. Cloud State Hockey. Nick, uh, a couple things that uh, we did mention previously. Again, we are going to try to do a live show time to be announced probably later in the day around six or seven o'clock central time, at least on that Wednesday for fans to come in, ask us some questions. We'll have some things prepped already, but just in case we're more than happy to answer anything in the live chat, we will release more details. So don't be surprised if you have, if we have a YouTube video or an audio soundbite or something on Twitter coming out, cause it is a work in progress. And again, as many listeners might've noted, I obviously this is normally when centerized view comes out. So I'm sure fans are a little bit kind of confused because of the quick turnover and that's not intentional from us we just had the idea and it's you know it's something that is very fluid and we'll keep you up to date as that goes on another thing to mention as well the frozen four will happen we will have our normal show again the following sunday we will hopefully as far as the one we have scheduled with our current guest that is slated to come on hopefully coming out as normal on that tuesday after the frozen four and then we will be taking a week off from the huskies warming house podcast i'm uh, working very hard here a little bit tired and i'm actually working a tournament as well that weekend uh, and my time is occupied for other things so a lot of moving parts i know that's a lot of information for our listeners we'll keep you up to date uh, and i think that's all i got here nick so for noah grant for Nick Maxson, I'm Noah Grant, and we will see you from the Huskies Warming House podcast. And your one-timer coming, they score! Ripped in! A bomb from Perks! No, Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies in for a chance to win it, he scores! Kirill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner! St. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.